0: COVID and cults and chaos, oh my. The decades of the 2020s might go down as a pivotal decade in which the cultural landscape and political governance of the entire world changed forever. As more truth comes out about COVID lockdowns, mandates, and jabs, we see that evil has been hard at work at destroying lives and attempting to hide it under the cover of darkness. New religions, these destructive cults, continue to vie for supremacy in Canada an attempt to displace Christ as the king of the church, Canada, and really the entire universe. And Canada, a country where, despite our polite demeanor and the prophets saying, peace, peace, where there is no peace, there is chaos in the culture war and with pro-self-destructive legislation. Now, I don't want to sugarcoat it. We have work to do. This was in my daily reading this morning. It's from Luke chapter 9 verses 23 to 25. Jesus says this quote, "If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? It's a good question indeed. It's January 16th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is Liberty Dispatch.
1: Hey, hey, and welcome back to Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We're so thankful that you've joined us here yet again on the program. As always, our shows are produced by the partnership between Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week. LCC exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and defend those who stand there upon. And Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled, perspective on national and global issues. If you appreciate what we do, we would ask that you would go over to our website, libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate, and that you would leave a donation to the various initiatives we do. If you really love our shows, click on the analysis show box and you can leave a tax refundable donation over there uh, through our partnership with Christian week to help continue to fund Good Christian Canadian media in our nation where we're bringing you uh, news analysis uh, from a distinctly Christian perspective that is unlike anything you are going to get in our nation. So we do appreciate doing it for you, but if you appreciate getting that content, we would ask that you would support at libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. And as always, you could also click, click on other designations to help support our various legal initiatives, which we would suggest you do, because we are busy, through our chief litigator James Kitchen, uh, supporting Christians who are standing up for their civic rights in our nation and their God-given freedoms as well. All Donations can be left via um, an anonymous Bitcoin donation if you so desire, thanks to our friends at Bull Bitcoin. So we would ask that you do that as well. And uh, we are also on the uh, Fight Laugh Feast Network, FLFNetwork.com. You can also get us on their handy new Pub TV app, which we would suggest that you go and, and check out. And as always, any comments, questions, concerns, give them to us at mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com One of these days, once we kind of get caught up on all the news, we will have to do a Mailbag segment to answer a lot of the questions that we have know have been piling up. So, please send us uh, your comments, questions and concerns at mailbag at Liberty dot com. Andrew, great to be on with you again, brother. Uh, big last weekend uh, here with uh, Biblical Sexuality Sunday. Uh, maybe yeah, you can give our listeners about, an uh, update.
0: Excited about Biblical Sexuality Sunday. Um, I know at it, it mm-hmm. our church... It was a real banger of a sermon, uh, and I've been uh, kind of sharing some stuff out. So in lieu of a mailbag question, what we want to say is for those of you who did join in Biblical Sexuality Sunday, please let us know. So you can head to our website, libertycoalitioncanada.com, slash biblical-sexuality-sunday. And now that the Sunday's passed, you can fill out that form on the right-hand side of the page. Let us know your name your church website, a link to your sermon. We're not going to make this public, but it's so we have a database that we can collect so we can follow up. And Mm -hmm. Lord willing, many churches participated, and we'd love to hear about the sermons that we're preaching. So maybe this would be good for a mailbag question. If you attended a church that participated in in Biblical Sexuality Sunday, how did it go? How do you think it was received? What is it that the pastor preached on? Was it Genesis 1, 2, or 3? Was it Ephesians 5? Was it Matthew 19, 1 Corinthians 6? Was it Leviticus 19? That would be really spicy. Um, (laughs) We'd love to hear how did this last Sunday go. So let us know how it went. Let us know what your pastor preached on. And if you did preach, please fill out the form on our website so that we can know and we can follow up with you. Absolutely. If you're using MailChimp, HubSpot, or Salesforce for email marketing, CRM and sales, you probably know that they've been canceling voices of freedom and truth. That's why we at Liberty Coalition Canada have switched to Sales Nexus. Sales Nexus is a complete business marketing and sales solution that won't tell you what you should say or believe. Try it yourself at salesnexus.com and get two users for the price of one with the promo code Liberty. That is Sales Nexus.com. Dot com. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the former high priest and COVID <laughs> czar in the United States. I'm sure we're all familiar with his his face and we have nightmares of it. Yes. He has admitted some rather shocking information Indeed, during four yes. sessions with the House Select Subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic. Now, I say shocking, <laughs> not not because i'm shocked
1: yeah right? but, but <laughs> he said all because this
0: because the truth has actually come to light mm-hmm. but people who have common sense who knew from the beginning knew these things years ago this isn't shocking we're like yeah i told you so but mm-hmm. i'm shocked that it came out shocked that it came out so what is it that fauci said well the story comes to us from breitbart news quote in tuesday's session, Fauci admitted that the six-foot social distancing recommendation was likely not based on any data, according to the subcommittee. It just sort of appeared it wrote, quoting Fauci. So let me actually do that in Fauci's voice because I think that'll be good. The six-foot distancing probably was likely not based on any data. It just sort of appeared... As we told you to stay six feet apart and wear seven masks over your face and don't touch anyone because they work, but then they don't work, but then they work if you double up on them is probably how the session went, something like that. So businesses were shut down or they went bankrupt Know a lot of people that went out of business because they couldn't have enough people to shop there because of distancing, right? You can't have a full house. You can only have so many people because they have to be so far apart. This destroyed businesses. We also know that people were turned away from church services because of distancing, right? Because you have to see you have to be so far apart. We can't fill the worship space. Sorry, you didn't make the cut. You have to go home while we worship today. Our own premier saw his net worth go from three million dollars to fifty million dollars in large part because he owns a factory that printed a bunch of these stand here, stay six feet apart. Stickers and decals that were put all over places of business and places of worship. So who's going to be compensated for all of the damage? Who's going to be compensated for all of the destruction that was done that we now know, at least now it's been admitted, was based on nothing? But that's actually not true. Uh, I don't know what's worse. The fact that the distancing was based on nothing or the actual truth. That the distancing was based on a high school student's hypothesis on respiratory viruses in a school setting. It was a teenage girl who, for a science experiment paper, hypothesized what would happen in a school setting if you did distancing. And that high school student's dad happened to work for the Bush administration. And he's the one that took his daughter's high school experiment and used it to create the the six-foot distancing rule. So both are bad um, that, that that has happened. So the article continues, quote, Dr. Fauci acknowledged that the lab leak hypothesis is not a conspiracy theory, the committee revealed, providing highlights. That's also huge. This comes nearly four years after prompting the publication of the now infamous proximal origin paper that attempted to vilify and disprove the lab leak hypothesis. It continued noting that Fauci also admitted that vaccine mandates could, quote, increase vaccine hesitancy in the future, close quote. Despite that, the committee revealed that Fauci advised American universities to impose vaccine mandates on their students. So, again, Fauci admitted that the lab leak wasn't actually a conspiracy, even though he was behind the Proximal Origin paper, along with Francis Collins and along with the the former head of the NIH, to essentially say oh anyone who believes the lab leak theory that's a conspiracy they're nuts they're crazy that's not what happened it was bats someone ate bats in a market and then they they, they just covered themselves in bats and then, and then and then covid so now he's admitting well actually no it's not that much of a conspiracy theory so the article continues further the committee said fauci admitted that he supported former President Donald Trump's travel restrictions from China, but he also, quote, played semantics with the definition of a lab leak in an attempt to cover up the inaccurate conclusions of proximal origin, the committee revealed. So in order to cover up the fact that he was completely wrong about the origin of the virus, they they did a little two-step around the definition of lab leak to get get away from it.
1: Isn't that the very thing <laughs> that Dr Rand Paul was accusing Fauci of? Yep. In in I, the, the I big blow up that Adam's they had? Trade. Senator Paul, you, you
0: have don't, no idea what you are with, talking with about. With all
1: due respect, yeah. you have no yeah. idea what you're talking with about. All,
0: with all due respect to my paycheck, yeah. you have no <laughs> idea what you were talking about. But yeah. In reality, you are completely correct. And I am a fraud, but Mm -hmm. I make over a half a million dollars a year, so I have to save face right now.
1: So just for anybody keeping score, anybody keeping score, Francis Collin, the head of the NIAID, which is Fauci's boss, and now Dr. Anthony Fauci, both admitted basically much of the restrictions for COVID were inventions. Were just public health inventions that had no grounding, no rooting in actual yeah, science. The
0: high school, except for the fourteen-year-old girls' yes. science experiment on what might happen yeah. in schools. So that was yeah. the only real grounding for it. That, that,
1: that Again, was that was probably over, the most work that's been
0: carry over that. from the Bush administration.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah and lying I th-
0: lying at a desk somewhere covered in dust, and they're like, "What are we going to do?" I I should Let's try say, and no, find. Got to stay six feet apart.
1: I should try and find uh, the, the paper that, um, oh, I can't remember who did it. Um, professor, an Austrian economist, he, he did some research on kind of The pandemic, uh, a lot of the pandemic response being rooted and grounded in, you know, the Bush administration and public health officials during that era, um, wanting to know how to really respond quickly to the next big disease. Um, And a lot of this nonsense was cooked up a long time ago even though it wasn't rooted in actual science as you uh, made mention. Speaking of things that are not rooted in in actual s- silence, while we're exposing lies and insanity, Andrew, how about this story from Globalist News? Sorry, Global News of all places. Let's let's check this out. So this is what they had to say. Interior Health, that's IH, has completely withdrawn its COVID-19 rapid antigen tests, the RATs, uh, as they're called, from its facilities. This is according to an internal memo obtained by Global News. Quote, the rapid tests are not reliable for diagnosis of COVID-19, the memo stated. As such, COVID-19 RAT testing can no longer be used to direct clinical care of infection prevention and control measures and must be discontinued immediately in interior health affiliated emergency rooms hospitals long-term care facilities and outpatient settings so So there you go i just
0: want to say really quickly i want to social
1: distancing made up the um, tests that were Really allowing us to have the statistics that were keeping this ongoing scandemic going. Unreliable. Andrew, who had said all this stuff?
0: Yeah, I just, uh, as you were reading that, I thought to myself, that's exactly what I said three years ago. But because I don't work for Interior Health, (laughs) what do I know? I'm not a scientist. Right. I mean, I'm, you're not a scientist. What do you know? Now, what I know is, is I know the, the way the world works and I understand enough about the nature of these tests. And he, I mean, here's the other thing. And anyone who really cares to know about the effectiveness and the efficacy of testing, just go go do some research on Kerry Mullis, the creator of the PCR test. And he'll tell you everything you need to know about the way that the health establishment uses these tests and that it's a total smoke show. So Kerry Mullis, the inventor of the PCR test, he, I mean, he's dead now. He died, I think, a couple of years before COVID broke out, which I don't know how big your tinfoil hat is, but <laughs> you, well, we'll just set that aside for now. <laughs> but he is on the record ripping Anthony Fauci apart, saying he completely disagrees with the way Fauci historically has used the PCR test to try and diagnose illness. And he's he he has said I'll debate I'll debate anyone, but no one was the creator of the PCR test. Clearly, saying that the way it's being used to diagnose illness mm-hmm. is a complete fabrication, and the rapid antigen test is no difference. It's a, it's yeah. so. Congratulations, yeah. you should have listened to the non-scientists, but
1: yeah. And, anyways, and here we are. The 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 reality of the situation is people couldn't work. They couldn't go to school. They couldn't fizz- visit loved ones, many of whom were dying, based on faulty tests, okay? By by tests that, that do not work. Th- I, I mean, that's insane. And it means that people could not provide for their families care, salaries, all these things because of yeah, nonsense.
0: You have to stay home for five or six days, and you don't get paid for those days.
1: Yeah. You couldn't travel to a foreign country. All these things. It's all because of a lie and faulty data, faulty science. But because that science was somehow baptized by the scientific public health majority, it was automatically legitimate, even though we now know it was bunkum. And the thing that I've talked to my wife about, we're seeing all these amazing stories come out. You know, we we see um, Purdue Ph- Pharmaceutical and, and their um, Oxycontin. There's been, you know, documentary, fictional documentary series that are really stretched the truth of what happened. But still, they're, they're, they're telling this story about big pharma greed just using and abusing people to pound their pockets. We're seeing this come out over and over and over again. Uh, we're seeing stories of, um, you know, Dr. Death. It's a series that's keeps coming out about doctors who were well-established and backed by the medical industrial complex, even in some, uh, sometimes by the highest, most prestigious hospitals in the, uh, world, like the Karolinska Institute. Um, that, that are complete frauds. They were engaging in completely fraudulent science, not based in reality. They were fudging the numbers. And yet the people who were the highest up, they were protecting. We're, so somehow we're seeing all these stories come out about all of this. And then Hollywood is, the cognitive dissonance is amazing. They can't put two to two together and apply it to the COVID-19 we era. To,
0: I thought I thought that, I thought we were supposed to distrust big pharma.
1: Until like I
0: thought, I thought, the, I thought the Marxists, I thought the whole, the whole one of the Clarion calls of the progressive left mm-hmm. was that big pharma is corrupt, and we need to tax the rich, we need to mm-hmm. eat the rich, billionaires are a problem, big pharma is evil and corrupt. I thought that that was the the rallying one of the rallying cries of the progressive left, except during the last three years, which yes. Is- bow to whatever big pharma says because they love us
1: until what they're saying helps us implement the revolution right because we've said this on a recent program the issue is never the issue the issue is always the revolution so if if you're like oh this is crazy hypocrisy Don't be surprised, because the issue is never the issue. The issue is always the revolution. It's not hypocrisy, because essentially they're just using these various things like COVID-19, all these things that happen to be, as the entry point to push forward their political agenda. uh, That's the 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 issue.
0: It's the leftist version of Takiyah,
2: which is
0: we will we will we will we will break our own rules mm-hmm. and we will defy our own code of conduct and we yeah. will be hypocrites and two-faced mm-hmm. in order to accomplish the goal which is the destruction of the enemy in this mm-hmm. case which is Western culture in the church.
1: And if you're familiar with these Marxist postmodernists, of course, that's the everything's just a story. All the stories are the same. There is no higher truth. There is no higher good, right and wrong. Everything is just a power struggle for whose narrative is going to win over the other. So yeah, why not, Takiyah? <laughs> it, as long as it gets the revolution done, why Not. Um, But this comes to us, Andrew, uh, continuing on from Natural News. A 2022 study out of Canada that was used as justification to impose harsh restrictions on unvaccinated people accessing public venues has been exposed as, you guessed it, propaganda as a propaganda manuscript. Researchers Joseph Hickey, PhD, and Dennis Rancor, Denis Rancor, pardon me. He's been on the program before on with Mike uh, PhD, they published their own peer-reviewed study looking at the aforementioned fraudulent one, which was authored by epidemiologist Dr. David Fishman from the University of Toronto. They found that Fishman's mathematical models are flawed, offering no True scientific backing for the imposition of anti unvaccinated public policy. Yet these are the things that were used to justify, you know, a lot of the narratives that Justin Trudeau was, uh, you know, standing on uh, for his re election bid. According to Fishman, unvaccinated people pose a disproportionate risk to vaccinated people, even though the latter are supposed to be protected against disease because of their vaccines. Fishman's claims are flawed, of course, and there is good reason for that. The guy appears to be a big pharma insider. The defender. In brackets, children's health defense reported that Fishman has worked as an advisor to vaccine makers like Pfizer, Sequoia, AstraZeneca, and Xenophia posture. I I, I don't know that one. Um, He also directly advised the Canadian government on its Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 policies and restrictions. So here is corporatism in a nutshell. And the, the corporate media is so willing to take any opinion from corporate Big Pharma shills who are in league with government um, and put it out there in front of you as it is gospel truth. And that's, again, everything, Andrew, that we've been talking about, that we've been saying, we're not having to go back over the history of COVID and correct our errors. We're, it's amazing everything as we're doing a post-mortem on this is proving true it, over and over well, there's and one, over again there's
0: one error there's one error i do have to correct that it's not nearly as deadly as i said it was at the beginning of the pandemic which wasn't that deadly at all so i have to admit i have to, I have to be honest yes and say that early on i thought that it was it was like a bad flu season Turns out, it's more like a moderate flu season. Yeah, so I was so so. I have to correct myself. It was even <laughs> less deadly than I thought it was. My bad. I'm sorry. I have to admit when I'm wrong. I
1: yeah. Well, no, that's good. Admission against interest. That's I always thought, very credible. I
0: thought. I thought the case fatality rate was was point two or point one. Turns out, we covered this not that many episodes ago. Turns out, the case fatality rate worldwide uh, was something like point zero five so but so so that's deadly
1: so then and the amazing part this, this but this actually i think this actually ties in very nicely like these are kind of off the cut of comments but it ties in very nicely with what we're what we've just covered and that's what made the COVID 19 pandemic more insane than anything we've seen is not the actual virus itself but everything that went ar- around the virus right it was then, all these the virus, policies yeah. so that's how do you turn a moderate which is,
0: which is the virus and the, we we've said that before that was yeah. the real the real the real worldwide virus oh no doubt was the uh, the the monolithic response to the not-so-deadly virus.
1: Exactly. And so that's how you turn a moderate flu, moderate to, let's say if we're being charitable, severe flu season into uh, a worldwide pandemic. That's how you do it. It's through media. It's through government uh, policy. That's how you do it. And that's why when people call it a pandemic. It's not hyperbole anymore. It's, it's When they call it a scandemic, it's not hyperbole anymore, guys. This is the reality of the situation. And unless if you have um, a, a, an axe to grind, and I, this is what I've seen with a lot of people, a lot of people do not want to face the truth that they were duped to the level that they were, that this was as seriously fraudulent uh, as it was. They don't want to face up to that reality therefore mm. that's why they're not going to look into this that's why they're not going to do a post-mortem and that's the sad reality is yeah. this my is my wife
0: and i were talking about this the other night she said we were talking about this particular stuff we were always sitting down at my table working on the script for the episode mm-hmm. And I, I called her over. I'm like, check this out. I'm like, look, Fauci admits that the distancing was based on nothing.
1: So now oh, we have and, Collins and, 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 and uh, yeah, Fauci. In,
0: internal health is admitting that the, that the rapid antigen tests are inaccurate. The PCR tests were long abandoned by the CDC and by Health Canada. And now mm. they're both admitting that hydroxychloroquine is an effective provolactive And she said to me, yeah, but Andrew, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because no one no one's no one who hasn't already discovered is looking for it and it's not like you're going to convince people who are entrenched and I think, she's, she's, it, I think for the most part, she's right. I agree with her.
1: Well, and this is interesting, because I think this gets even into touches under Christian apologetics. And I know we didn't think of going there. But what does Roman 1 say? Roman 1 say that God so clearly revealed himself in all of creation. It's evident. It's plain to to human beings that God is transcendent. He's the creator, sustainer of all life, the maker of all things, that he's, he's, he's high and majestic and lifted up. And that all things hold together through Him. Those things we can read that in the, the 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 revealed word, the the soundless word of nature. Yet, because of man's sin, we suppress the truth in our unrighteousness. This is a a, a beautiful example, uh, not so beautiful, but a, a a perfect example of how human beings suppress the truth. In uh, this is a perfect example of how human beings suppress the truth in their unrighteousness and they, they have an epistemic axe to grind. Therefore, they will not face truth and they will not face reality. Why? Because of what it would mean for them, because of the implications that it would have on their life. That's why they won't face it.
0: So how? How? how terrifying a thought for the professing believer who does the same
1: mm-hmm. absolutely how
0: terrifying a thought for the professing believer who engages in their own truth suppression habitually mm-hmm. and without repentance but that's that's that, that that's a deeper discussion for another time it pointing is pointing at the the the, the rampant unregeneracy that we see among the world of professing christians but continuing on we might as well deal with some more truth coming to light about this COVID experimental gene therapy injection, which it is, just stop calling it a vaccine. When when, when Matt and I are reading and we say vaccine, it's just because we're quoting articles, right? We're representing the articles, but it's not a vaccine. Clearly it's not a vaccine. It's an experimental gene therapy treatment or injection. So this is an article from OSF Preprints titled, it's the title of the argument, quote, DNA fragments detected in monovalent and bivalent Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna- Mod RNA COVID-19 Vaccines from Ontario, Canada, Exploratory Dose Response Relationship with Serious Adverse Events. It's quite the title. This is what the, uh, the study paper reveals. Quote, these data demonstrate the presence of billions to hundreds of billions of DNA molecules per dose in these vaccines. All vaccines exceed the guidelines for residual DNA set by FDA and WHO. So right away, this shouldn't have been approved even for emergency authorization use because the they exceed the guidelines for residual DNA. No, no bueno, no bueno. Continuing, the preliminary evidence of a dose response effect of residual DNA warrant confirmation and further investigation. Our findings extend existing concerns about vaccine safety and call into question the relevance of guidelines conceived before the introduction of efficient transfection using LNPs, lipid nanoparticles. With several obvious limitations, we urge our work is replicated under forensic conditions and that guidelines be revised to account for highly efficient DNA transfection and cumulative dosing. In other words, the presence of DNA molecules in the jabs is higher than it should be is creating serious adverse of reactions and there's definitely better guidelines and instructions that should be given prior to its use and so we need to continue to research this that's what the study said we also have this study this study excuse me from the library of national medicine the study is titled quote prenatal exposure to covid-19 mrna vaccine bnt162b2 induces autism-like behaviors in male neonatal rats, insights into WNT and BDNF signaling perturbations. So in other words, they're seeing that in... So what we'll see is pregnant rats who are given the COVID shot, they see the development of autism-like symptoms and behaviors in the male rats after they're born. Now, we can't get into discussion about vaccines and autism. We can't get into that broad discussion now about the entire vaccine industry, which I think any reasonable person should question with a healthy dose of skepticism in the last three years. I think it's wise to do so. I would recommend doing some research at Vaccine Choice Canada in part because I think we've all been lied to that the polio virus dropped significantly a year before the vaccine was introduced simply because of clean water and sanitation procedures. So we've been sold a bill of goods of the effectiveness of the polio vaccine, but we actually saw a dramatic reduction in infection once they started washing their hands and filtering water a year before the vaccine was introduced. So I think the whole thing needs to be questioned rightly. But one of the big questions has always been vaccines and autism, and people seeing a connection between the introduction of certain vaccines or the change of certain ingredients, and then the prevalence of autism, and they can see the very close correlation. This study is saying that in rats that are given the COVID shots, you see autism-like behavior in the rats once they're born, in the male rats. So this is right from the study, quote, Concerns have arisen about the potential neurodevelopmental implications of these vaccines, especially in susceptible groups such as pregnant women and their offspring. By the way, go check out Mike's three interviews with Deanna McLeod specifically on the COVID shots and breastfeeding women, pregnant women and the effects of it. It is harrowing, vile stuff that these companies did in either not testing, under testing or fluffing the results of pregnant women, which are going to have devastating effects for decades to come. But what they're saying is what all these companies should have been saying and what Health Canada should have been saying. We're going to be careful before we give this to pregnant women. I mean, this is the most vulnerable group, this most vulnerable population, pre-born babies. So they wanted to test it. So continuing. Pregnant rats received the COVID-19 mRNA BNT162b2 vaccine during gestation. Subsequent evaluations on male and female offspring included autism like behaviors, neuronal counts, and motor performance. Our findings revealed that the mRNA BNT162B2 vaccine significantly alters WNT gene expression and BDNF levels in both male and female rats, suggesting a profound impact on key neurodevelopmental pathways, notably male rats exhibited pronounced autism-like behaviors characterized by a marked reduction in social interaction and repetitive patterns of behavior. Furthermore, there was a substantial substantial decrease in neuronal counts in critical brain regions, indicating potential neurodegeneration or altered neurodevelopment. Male rats also demonstrated impaired motor performance Evidenced by reduced coordination and agility. You would think that this sort of stuff shouldn't be adequately tested beforehand. You'd think it'd be good for us to know this beforehand. But now we know it. After eighty percent of the Canadian population has received two doses, and another, and, and then forty percent has received three shots, you'd think it'd be good for us to know this. I I shudder to think at what we're going to see in the next 20 years, at what we're going to see. And I shudder to think that we will see not only a more normative more normative instances of young, healthy people dying for unknown causes that are heart-related. I think we are, I, I pray we don't, and if we're wrong, I will rejoice and admit I'm wrong, but I think that we are on the verge of seeing an epidemic of infertility and and miscarriages like we've never seen before i think that we i think that the effects of what we've done in mass injecting a population with this experimental shot that study after study continues to reveal it's damaging stuff i think we are we are going to see a kind of health crisis a legitimate health crisis in our country cancer people pe- dr ryan cole seeing calling it turbo cancer I think I think we are going to see in the next twenty years, twenty thirty years, an absolute. It's going to be a pure chaos and destruction with a real health crisis because of what we've done by injecting people with this experimental poison, and it's it, study after study continue to, to show its devastating results.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be far worse than the COVID nineteen uh, so called pandemic was. Um, Anyways, we're not done there, people. There's more and more that keeps coming out. We this is what happens when we take a couple weeks off, Andrew. We just <laughs> end up having uh, to do more and more catch up. But nevertheless, uh, we also have this article from the Epic Times, looking at yet another study that we must bring to to uh, your attention. A preprint study posted on MedR. Our MedR. XIV on Jan the second examined how COVID-19 vaccinations affected diabetes. The study recruited 155 adults between June 1, uh, 2023 and October the 31st, 2023 who had taken two doses of Pfizer's MRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Researchers found that there were exasperated risks of glucose intolerance and insulin resistance among pre-diabetic and diabetic subjects after they received booster shots. There was, quote, significant elevation in these subjects for two diabetes tests. Quote, about 61.1% of diabetic subjects had impairment of insulin sensitivity according to the HOMA-IR index and about 66.7%, that's two-thirds, of diabetic subjects had increased risk of cardiovascular complications according to the T, the tie G index. The study said, quote, these results suggest that the booster shot of mRNA, our mRNA, pardon me, COVID-19 vaccines impair glucose control and ag- aggravates insulin resistance in human subjects with type two diabetes. The researchers wrote. So why does all this matter is the question. And it matters, uh, because of what, um, you know what it has done to individuals, right? To men like Ross Whitman and Julian Schofield, two men who were seriously injured because of the COVID-19 shots and given minimal compensation, but are still waiting to be compensated for the tens of thousand dollars that they have had to spend out of pocket because of the effects of this covid a concoction, And this comes to us from CTV News. Quote, I've been waiting for almost a year to hear whether my physical therapy will be covered, Whitman said. Schofield said he submitted his expenses almost a year ago and is still owed about $40,000. Whitman said he sent in expenses about 10 weeks ago and is yet to receive almost $30,000 in repayment. Both men suffered rare but life-changing injuries after getting their COVID-19 vaccine about two and a half years ago, reads the article from the CTV.
0: So one, one more story that we need to cover on the COVID craziness before we wrap up this part of the episode, and it comes to us from the Western Standard. Now, I want to to show a picture. We're going to put this picture up of two different charts while I read from the article so you can visually see what I'm talking about as I'm reading. So we have table one. Table one is Statistics Canada data on leading cause of death in Canada from 2019 to 2022. 16,043 people out of 334,623 people are recorded as having died of unspecified unknown causes. That, if you're looking at the numbers, is almost five times as many in 2019. Yet in their list, StatsCan doesn't even rank order it. The right-hand column was added by the author. Relative to 2019, unknown cause of death in 2022 grew by more than 475%, which stands out starkly among all categories in the data shown, The by far the greatest increase. The nearly 5,000% increase in the annual rate by which Albertan pathologists were unable or unwilling to define a cause of death over the short period of 2018 to 2021 is astounding. This is the bottom chart. And I know Matt and I have covered this in great detail before. Likewise concerning is the fact that this trend, this absolute like explosion of death from unknown causes is seen to be occurring predominantly in younger Albertans, age zero to 64. The bulk of the COVID deaths are among older people, 70 plus, And by the bulk, we mean at least over 85%. So what is killing the younger ones? Unknown causes. Unknown causes. Now, for people like us who have shiny, polished, tinfoil crowns, again, correlation doesn't equal causation. We know that. We don't want to make that logical fallacy. But if we don't see a spike in unknown deaths in 2019 and 2020 which is when the virus supposedly is running rampant but where we do see the spike of unknown deaths is toward the end of 2020 into 2021 what was what was the what was the the, the factor that was different what 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 was introduced to the population at the end of 2020 into 2021 that wasn't deaths from COVID because those have tracked. But what was oh, oh, right? Right. It was the, the experimental gene therapy. See, the experimental gene therapy injection that has more DNA molecules than it should, which seems to be causing autism like behaviors in male rats and is also very, very, very harmful to people who are diabetic. And 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 also very damaging to preborn babies, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so yeah.
1: On. So- like like the, that's the thing. Like the introduction of the COVID nineteen vaccine, which obvious so called vaccine, which introduces the spike protein, which we know is cytotoxic. It's going to have varying degrees of significant effects on people in different ways. So. That's that's really the, the actual pandemic, as I think we're going to find out, um, is going to be what we've done to ourselves, even healthy adults, uh, to escape a flu-like uh, <laughs> illness. Um, we've basically taken these injections that have shot our immunities. That's the danger, and that's the sad part. Um, and that's what all these studies apparently seem to bear out over and over again, Andrew.
0: So more truth coming out from 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 unlikely places like Fauci and Health Canada, but at the very least they're admitting it, it just happens to be three or four years too late where these businesses can't be salvaged. People who lost their businesses can't be salvaged. People who had to sell what they could and move to other parts of the country so that they could afford it, that can't be undone now. Especially with interest rates to to the moon, it's not like they can now just move back to where they were before. So people who worked for 20, 30 years to save up, to start a business, to open a restaurant that's lost, it's lost forever, and they're not going to have the time to be able to do it again. Uh, People who died, they're not coming back. People whose schooling was affected, they just can't go back and and get those four or five years all over again and change that. People who now are going to struggle with fertility can't just make babies appear. So the damage is done. The money was made. So now the demons can admit, the harm that they inflicted, and it's it's ghoulish, and it's 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 very, very disheartening, but at the very least, the truth does come out. It can't be hidden forever, and we will bring it and in part so that we can kind of draw some application toward the end. Moving on. As our episode is highlighted, just when you thought that the COVID nonsense was behind us. The mainstream media continues to push their COVID scares. And they continue to see the CDC and the WHO and health Canada say, get your jabs and wear a mask if you're in crowded settings. They keep pushing this nonsense. We know that some schools and hospitals have brought back the discredited mask mandate. And who knows what is still to come. We hope that it's all behind us, but we'll see soon. So in turbulent times, make sure your hard-earned savings are protected and managed by people you can trust, people who share your worldview and economic concerns and know how to put their clients first. We're talking about our friends over at Rocklink, whom I trust and in whom I put my savings, my investments for them to care and manage because we're talking about me and my family and my legacy. So give them a call. Call Rocklink at 905-631-5462 or email Rocklink at info at rocklink.com. That's link with a C.
1: So having done the hard work of unpacking lies and the damage of COVID cultism, we wanted to set our eyes to two more cults, and that is the climate cult and the cult of transientity. But first, leave it up to an Aussie to bring a dose of truth medicine. Let's play this clip for everybody to see. This is definitely something you're going to want to see. In
2: 1970, the Sydney Morning Herald reported that weather experts fear air pollution, if unchecked, will bring on a new ice age. In 1978, a documentary was made featuring Leonard Nimoy of Star Trek fame, who told viewers, during the lifetime of our grandchildren, Arctic cold and perpetual snow could turn most of the inhabitable portions of the planet into a polar desert. In the late 90s and early 2000s, we were being told that humans had punched a hole in the ozone layer and the sun's ultraviolet rays were gonna kill us all. Alarmist rhetoric about man-made climate change is nothing new. The United Nations and the media have been pushing it for decades, but over time, the narrative has shifted from global cooling to global warming. And in fact, several months ago, Greta Thunberg deleted a tweet from 2018 which read, A top climate scientist is warning that climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. These prophecies, these prophecies of doom simply never come true. The polar bears are still here. The sea hasn't risen. The ozone layer is fine. But the point of this messaging is to make you afraid. And why? Because if a climate apocalypse is imminent, then governments of the world can centralise their power and control. And control your actions with the so-called emergency. It's a Trojan horse for globalism led by the United Nations and their puppet masters and the Chinese Communist Party. These, this is not serving Australian interests. These entities are not serving Australian interests. They're trying to control us and they're trying to make us weak. But that is the real emergency.
1: Boom, yes. boom, boom. Spit it, brother. Someone
2: we did a
0: whole someone episode. Someone put some shrimp on the barbie for that man, <laughs> eh? Yeah. I-
1: A while back, a hero
0: in Australia, (laughs) yeah.
1: A while back, Work (laughs) down there, (laughs) mate. Yeah. Okay, you've taken the Australian accent as far as it'll go. A while back, we did an entire, I think you know, uh, segment of an entire program um, on basically climate uh, alarmism and how we just went through a prediction after prediction after prediction that wasn't. Only wrong. It was disastrously wrong. In yeah. fact, sometimes the, polar the bears, exact opposite. The
0: polar population has <laughs> increased significantly. Yeah. NASA has shown through its thermal imaging that there is more ice on the caps than there was 20 years ago. The ozone layer is strong. It's healed strong.
1: itself every a
0: strong right <laughs> that's... like probably uh, that the ozone layer probably ate a lot of went on a red meat only diet it's strong yeah. ozone layer, yeah, it's all yeah, it's all anyways
1: but but we know, Andrew, if there are two things that cults excel in it's lies and propaganda. Mm. I mean, we, we, we cover it over and over again on our program and oftentimes, uh, being self-contradictory and self-defeating is a part of the game, right? As we've talked about, um, and you know, it doesn't seem to, to cause a moment's second thought. Why? Because the issue isn't the issue. The issue is the revolution. Nevertheless, these cultists, they hope that people are so brainwashed that they won't notice the glaring inconsistencies in their predictions and their alarmism and in the actual reality of the situation, which is... I mean, talk about happy talking, but the Biden administration's running literally their campaign on how amazing the economy is right now, despite what everybody can see with their two eyes. But that doesn't stop them at all. Case in point, this idiotic article from the WEF on Venus and how it was affected by climate change. No, this is not Babylon B parody. This is a real article from our globalist overlords. The planet Venus once likely had surfaced temperatures similar to present-day Earth, recent modeling has revealed. It probably also had oceans, rain, perhaps snow, maybe continents, and plate tectonics. But... This is the story that they're pushing. But Venus's climate was permanently altered when a catastrophic volcano eruptions released vast quantities of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. Could Venus's fate hold stark lessons to us here on Earth?
0: I have a, I have a just, <laughs> just a couple. There's a couple questions. We don't necessarily need the answer for them. Just a couple questions. Yeah. The first question I have is who was around when these supposed volcanoes spewed all of this carbon into the atmosphere? I mean, did, were, were the cameras running? Was there yeah. some, So that'd that's my first, this is my same problem with Darwinian evolution. Sorry. Yeah. One of the many, many problems with Darwinian evolution. It's not verifiable. Logical, <laughs> historical, scientific, philosophical, mm. anthropological, methodological observations. All these problems with Darwinian evolution. But first of all, I don't know how they know that the volcano speeds. That's my first question. How do they know? Mm-hmm. Um, the second question or the second issue that, that I have is whenever you see the scientific establishment use the word modeling, throw it into the garbage. Yes. How yeah. how effective, how accurate has modeling been mm-hmm. in the scientific establishment? You should you should run the other way. So It's just questions I have. It's not around when the volcanoes are doing their thing, and modeling is. You 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 can take modeling, and you know the the and and why and And
1: why this this is important for people to understand. Why is modeling garbage, and it amounts to just conjecture, just guessing. That's a fancy word for guessing. Bad guessing too. Yeah, (laughs) it is because it is. It's the, the the amount of presuppositions that have to go into modeling, uh, uh, basically just like I said, it 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 creates a house of cards. So when they're saying modeling, just realize they've created a house of cards, and that if one of those presuppositions is wrong, the entire model just totally self-destructs it's like you know it's like a quilt you take out one of the threads it's it's all unravels that's what w- they're talking about we have this real we had this guessing experiment um and uh this is what we we've been able to determine and not surprisingly it, it's going to help us build the narrative this that was, is this it, was
0: highlighted this was exemplified where was a study in waterloo a mask study in waterloo yeah Showing the effectiveness of masks or the the effectiveness of N95s, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Listen, we see." So <laughs> this is amazing. Like, based on our studies, we see that the proper wearing of N95s uh, can reduce the spread of respiratory viruses by ten percent. Now, the first thing I thought is ten percent is nothing, but when mm-hmm. you and so based on our modeling, based on our modeling, and based on our studies. Wearing N ninety-fives properly can reduce the spread of these particles by 10%. But when you dig in the study, what you found out is they took these N ninety-fives and glued them to mannequins. Now
1: not not much of a real-world study.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm not a mannequin. Yes. And I certainly don't glue the masks to my face. Yeah. So modeling is trash. Yes. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's modeling it's, should go where the masks should go in the mm, garbage.
1: Absolutely. And, um, and, and it's, it's back
0: on climate. Yeah.
1: Well, well, all of this, Andrew, is to build the narrative and, and give it a veneer of scientific thought, right? Like instead of it just seeming like these are rant, like idiot ideologues who are pushing their globalist agenda, they want to give it a veneer of, you know, science, of real truth. But the thing that they don't realize is it's far from pushing their narrative. In fact, Mm -hmm. it demolishes the entire argument behind anthropogenic or human driven climate change. Uh, because it turns out that Venus didn't have humans (laughs) and that
0: allegedly we don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, uh,
0: there there might've, there might've been humans and aliens. I mean, who knows what they're going to say.
2: But
1: in allegedly, this, no in this, Enos, yeah, in this modeling, yeah, in in this modeling, we see that human beings were a non-factor in the destructive uh, process of climate change. But that's the exact opposite conclusion that these climate cultists are mm. trying to push on people. Right? They're trying to say that if we don't get a, a handle on climb uh, on uh, carbon outputs in our world then we're going to end up in the similar fate to venus which obviously we just made up but if <laughs> but that's nevertheless I, again this modeling th- we have to we have to get we have to read this drivel again and uh, just keep in mind that this isn't Parody everybody. uh This is what it says: With the federal government planning to phase out sales of new gas-powered vehicles during the next decade, many drivers question how they will fare on cold prairie days like this week's pass. I can attest to that. I'm on the prairies. I'm from Winnipeg. Uh, this this is a story, by the way, that comes to us about but from CBC News related yeah, how's your, how's to your
0: Chevy, how's your Chevy Leaf doing? doing yeah, like well, in the winter.
1: I guarantee it's not yeah. <laughs> it's I can't I mean anybody and knows when this it
0: dies, but... when it, when the Chevy Leaf dies how do they bring it back to life? well it's the it's the gas powered truck that brings the diesel powered yes. generator
1: yes charge. yes obviously <laughs> you know like it, so it's wonderful. it's no it's it's amazing um and anybody knows this right like i have a, a ring doorbell with a battery in it, and the second the thing gets below 15 degrees the the battery drains like unbelievably quick on it um probably why we shouldn't have got it but anyways uh let's continue on in the story um so people are wondering, yeah, like how, how are these electric vehicles going to manage? How are the batteries going to manage in super extreme colds, but leave it to the CBC to really give us the, the truth of the situation by who they're selecting to make a part of the article. But this is from the article. Two electric car enthusiasts who chatted with host Leisha Grabinski on CBC's Blue Sky, beautiful name for a program, this week say they love driving their vehicles in the winter. Quote, it heats up faster than any gas car I've ever had. It's more reliable, said Tyler Cross, who sits on the board of Saskatchewan Electric Vehicle Association. And he couldn't have an ax to grind anyways. And founder uh, and founded the Tesla owners club of Saskatchewan. There you go. Very unbiased quote. You know, there's no starting off the car there's no starting of the car. It's always just kind of on, right? It's like a phone basically, or a computer on <laughs> wheels. There you go. <laughs> what a buffoon. How, like, how do I phones, how do phones word. deal with cold?
0: Terrible. Can I, I want to share an anecdotal story. So I used to work at Costco and I would work in the produce cooler and the, they keep the produce cooler at about zero degrees Celsius mm-hmm. between yeah. zero and four because the stuff has to stay fresh. So yeah, when I would work at Costco, I would notice that if I had my phone and let's assume my phone was a little lower battery, right? Under mm-hmm. 30% or so. And I'd be in the cooler. All this, like I'd, I'd look at my phone, and my phone would be getting cold. And all of a sudden, my phone would just turn off. Why is it doing that? I would turn it back on again, and now I would turn it on, and for some reason, it had gone from like thirty percent to five percent. What? So it's not that the battery's draining. So here's, so I well, I'm five. Okay, I get home. I would plug in my phone. And then it would instantly climb back from five up to 30 again. So, what's going on? The cold is what's going on. The cold just sucks the life out of the battery. So, if cars are like cell phones on wheels, (laughs) then cold weather robs them of all of their battery power.
1: Everybody knows this. Like, like, this isn't a hard thing to understand. Have you,
0: has anyone ever played games? Like, we were young enough. Do you remember what it's like playing Game Boy? If you let your, if you left your Game Boy outside in a colder day and you brought it back in and you would turn it on, what would you notice? You, you turn it on, the, the Nintendo logo would come down slow and it would go instead of going bling, it would go. Bling. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, what's going on is that the cold weather is draining, just making the batteries less effective. Yes. I can't believe the Canadian Pravda Corporation would run this piece with these two electric car enthusiasts <laughs> who are clearly on the take. Yeah, <laughs> wanna, yeah. wanna, like ignore ignore what your eyes see. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Venus had volcanoes. You don't want to. You don't want to be like Venus, do you? So mm-hmm. get your electric car, which, by the way, defies everything we know about batteries and physics and does famously well yeah. in the winter time, except for the fact that your car doesn't. It's okay. Another thing why doesn't your car start in the winter what what what's going on with your car what often what what helps my my old car we used to have it wouldn't it wouldn't start in the winter so what 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 would i have to do i'd have to hook it up to my van and then no problem why because then the battery would have the juice it needed to get that thing going Mm -hmm. we know this we've known this is true forever it's all a lie. it's all propaganda yeah Uh, So, that's the climate cult. Now I want to spend some time looking at the cult of transientity, which is a cult committed to destroying lives and sterilizing children with great joy, by the way, great evil, maniacal joy. Apparently, Ontario now has its very first hospital specializing in genital mutilation, chemical castration, and mastectomies for minor girls. This is from the Post Millennial. Quote, The Ottawa Hospital is only the second clinic in Canada to offer genital sex change surgery along with facial contouring surgeries, double mastectomies of healthy breasts, and breast augmentation for males. The hospital called this, quote, gender-affirming care. The Ottawa Hospital understands that trans and non-binary people often face barriers accessing gender-affirming care. One of those barriers is clearly reality which butts up against their delusion and mental illness. But reality be damned, we're literally going to cut reality off in order to feed your delusional mental illness. This is what the news article releases with my editorial mention at the end there. Quote, faced with long wait times or even lack of access in the communities where they live, they may struggle to achieve their gender affirming goals. The hospital says it is here to help. It is here to help cutting off your genitals and your healthy breasts, rendering you sterile, plunging you into a deeper mental illness, which will probably end in suicide within five years. The hospital mm-hmm. is here to help you with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah gender affirming sex denying reality denying delusion supporting yeah. care gender that's what that life means destroying. yeah life yeah life destroying, life destroying care. care we're here to help
0: <laughs> so now now so what we're affirming in our country what should we do with people who have a mental illness and truly believe themselves to be in the wrong body well we should care for them right through counseling and honesty right wrong. no that's illegal wrong. Wrong. If you're the World Health Organization, you give those people a position of influence and impact within a global organization. Here is another completely insane story from True North News. The World Health Organization quietly appointed a controversial University of Alberta law professor and trans activist to a group tasked with helping create transgender health guidelines. That is... That is scary. Florence Ashley, whose pronouns are they, them, that bitch. I can't believe that's actually a pronoun. Unbelievable. Believes puberty blockers ought to be the default option for children, and they shouldn't require mental health screenings prior to undertaking a gender transition. I think I'm a boy. Time to block puberty. That's all that should be needed, according to this maniac. Before Christmas, the WHO's gender identity and diversity, equity and inclusion departments announced the development of a quote, guideline on the health of trans and gender diverse people. The guideline will focus in five areas, provision of gender-affirming care, including hormones, health workers education and training for the provision of gender affirming sorry, gender-inclusive care, provision of health care for trans and gender diverse people who suffered interpersonal violence based in their needs, health policies that support gender inclusive care and legal recognition of self-determined gender identity, reads the WHO press release. So they've put a person, there you they've put a an evil, violent person with a mental illness mm-hmm. in charge of or a part of a committee that is going to support the destruction of young life around the world that's what the who does yeah they they're,
1: they're cute they they this committee exists for medical marxism that's that's what the, instead of the long name of the who's gender identity and diversity equity and inclusion departments it should just be Medical Marxism, Lysenkoism. This is reality denying, cult affirming medicine by the WHO, who is still in works to be done and finalized potentially in May of 2024 to create the health pandemic treaty that's globalized and that will mandate specific
0: Our global health passports. Yay!
1: that is not done we've touched on it before in the past according to the wef i was just reading this the other day this is they have a target date to the implementation uh, Im- implementation of this treaty May 2024. No doubt they're talking about it in Davos this week, as we, as as they gather um, to to have sex with prostitutes and um, do all sorts of evil things and fly above the world to make packs uh, um, in with, with random jurisdictions,
0: stroking their hairless cats on the yeah. lap. <laughs> right? Oh man, children. This but this mean. is
1: insanity. This is insanity. Yeah. This is. Every country worth its salt should look at this and say, the WHO is captured. It's a Marxist, ideologically driven organization. We have to defund it tomorrow. And if they won't, then listen, they're not willing to even take the first step in protecting their sovereignty and the health and well-being of their citizens. And they should be thrown out as illegitimate rulers, um, forthwith.
0: Yes. So speaking of uh, rulers and leaders being discarded, we're going to round out our story about the cult of transianity with an awful story, actually, of a president of a Canadian LGBTQ organization who's been ousted. Oh, who am I? I don't know. My identity is hidden. Oh, I'm back. Okay. Let's start that over. Finally, we have this awful story of a president of a Canadian LGBTQ organization who's been ousted over an arrest concerning alleged sex crimes against children. This comes to us from Breitbart News. The worst part of this is going to be at the end of the story. The now former head of a Canadian LGBTQ activist group has been arrested and charged with multiple sex crimes against children. Sean Gravels, served as president of the North Peace Pride Society since 2018. Dan McLaughlin, a spokesman for the British Columbia Prosecution Service, told Canadian state media Monday that Gravels, 39, has been accused of molesting an individual under the age of 16, sexual interference of a person under 16, possession of child pornography, and importation or distribution of child pornography. A real demon. This is a ghoul. The North Peace Pride Society, which has scrubbed the alleged pedophiles biography from its website, because whenever it doesn't work anymore, you just have to throw the bin, throw the thing into the memory hole and just wait for the Ministry of Truth to reprint the newest edition of the dictionary so that we can forget it ever happened. They appear to have been sponsored in recent years by various Canadian banks and local institutions. The NPPS has hosted events for minors in recent years, such as its May 2022 Pride Teen Night for ages 13 to 18. Groomers. So if <laughs> if you were paying attention to that, our tax dollars were given to an organization to create events so that a pedophile
1: could Can groom have children
0: and film it and then distribute it so our tax dollars were given to this organization to fund a man and his initiatives to sexually assault and then create pornography mm-hmm. regarding children under 16 that's the cult of transientity yeah guess that's what the
1: guess what the plus stands for in lgbtq plus mm-hmm. that it's that yeah,
0: it's they're <laughs> going to call it soon they're, it's soon they're going to put an m in Right, yeah. LGBTQA, two slg
1: minor attracted persons, AI, maps, M. yeah, maps. M. Yeah. The M
0: is for minor yeah. attracted person. They're gonna, they're gonna slowly start to get rid of the plus and put in, or they'll keep the plus, but they'll put the M in as well, so that we know we're clearly calling out the minor attracted people. People,
1: they, pedophiles. They, pedophiles have their own flag in the litany of uh, random LGBTQ flags, like. That exists, and it's not hidden. And it should be noted that in the entire history, a map
0: of Epstein Island is that their flag? It's a map no. of Epstein Island. And no,
1: like Bill, Clinton,
0: Bill Clinton's no. face is that. It's the, not is that's not queer
1: enough. That's, enough. that's not queer enough. Too many white guys involved in that. Um, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, the his. I just want to make this note before we move on, and we should move on. Um, the entire history of uh, um, homosexuality has always been tied to pederasty and pedophilia throughout human history. Anybody who understands it, knows it uh, gets history, understands there's a correlation there. Um, Even the gay rights movement, as it was coming out of the eighties and the nineties was closely linked to NAMBLA, which is the North American man, boy love association. And they made a, um, decided, conscious push away from Nambla because they were worried about the close association there. Even men like Harvey Milk, who you can go to San Francisco and uh, get dropped into one of the terminals there, which is the Harvey Milk Terminal. Uh, he's held up as a legend. You know, Sean Penn uh, was in in that uh, the the propaganda film uh, about his life. He was really into little boys, young men. There's always, this has been a part of the history. This is not something new. And this is why when people say all these organizations are groomer organizations, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. And this is why things like Epstein Island, all these things where we're talking about um, child uh, sex trafficking, all these things, it seems like the further left you go on the political spectrum the less you care about it and the more closer you are to being implicated into it um there's no coincidence there if you ask me andrew
0: well let's uh, let's continue on we have one more one more c that we want to cover we've looked at we've looked at uh, covidism we've looked at the cults and we're going to move into one more but before we do what if there was a way To trade your resources and skills for whatever things you need and want without using money. That's exactly what you have with Barterit, a web app where anyone can connect person to person and barter with each other. You don't have to keep track of who owes what. You won't get the headaches that come with straight one-on-one bartering. Just create your profile on the Barterit web app, offer up your skills or products to earn bits in your private wallet, and use your bits with anyone else in the Barterit community. $1 Canadian is equal to one bit for valuation purposes. If you want to sign up, and I highly recommend you do in our current economic climate, head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter and click on barter it for individuals to learn more and sign up today. Become a VIP and get $1,500 worth of perks and bonuses, including 1,000 bits for only $197. So you're they're giving you money, folks. They're giving you money. Join the community, LibertyCoalitionCanada.com slash barter. So, Matt, what's next? We got COVIDism. We got the cults of the climate cult and the cult of transientity. What is the final C that we want to examine?
1: Chaos. Chaos. Chaos, Andrew. It's the Chaos. that's it's simple, and we say this Chaos quite often. There. Chaos in, in Canada. There, look at this alliteration. Canada.
0: There's enough. There's enough chaos just for us in Canada. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. And we say it all uh, over and over and over again on the program. There's a simple binary choice that everybody must make in life. And it's either Christ or chaos. Our society was once founded on Christian principles, um, developed over frankly millennia, um, And we have abandoned that, so why should we be surprised when into that vacuum we have all sorts of different cults um, spewing their dangerous uh, demonic ideologies? That just tends to chaos in our nation. So, this is a reality. You see, in Canada, it's okay to persecute Christians, right? Because that's the old regime. That's That's the old religion. So, that's the hegemony that needs to be overthrown. So it becomes socially acceptable to burn churches, for example, uh, over supposed racism, discrimination, colonialism, you know, because they're the old hegemony. They're the oppressors. So called in this, in this new narrative that really captures the minds of almost everybody in our nation. Um, this is to be expected, right? This is, this is considering that that is the beast that makes war with the saints, um, in their, their perverse ideology. We have to, we have to fight back. Now, the reality is we should expect this, right? Because the reality is all this nonsense, all this post-colonialism, race-Marxism, all all of what's going on in our society is truly the beast making war against the actual saints. Um, and this comes to us, shocking story comes to us from Rebel News, and the graphic that we want to show you is from True North News. And this graphic shows you just, I mean, it is truly shocking, but it shows you the amount of churches across Canada that have been burned and vandalized—it's—it's it's crazy. Uh, This—the story comes to us from the Rebel News. Canada's political leaders are staying quiet. Shh. As Christian churches continued to be burned or vandalized across the country, at least 96 churches have now been burned, vandalized, or destroyed in Canada since spring of 2021. You'll notice the timing with the whole truth and reconciliation narrative. Not surprising, right? Thank you, media and our government. Um. The attacks on, are on mostly Catholic Christian places of worship, and they began to rise like never before again after the Tecum- Tecumlips sequitur, I can't even say that, First Nations, May 27, 2021 press release, which claimed they had discovered the remains of 215 children who were students buried at the former Kamloops residential uh, indian school andrew again it should be noticed no bodies found zero so yes, in it, response it, to it, zero it, bodies it, being found
0: it's it's a, it's a days of lies and separation yes it's a li- lies and separation and uh, not only have zero bodies been so not only was it was the evidence terrible yeah but when they actually did we covered this Ten yeah. of the sites have been excavated guess how many uh guess how many oppressed murdered little indigenous baby bodies or children's they found that that would be a big fat donut yes that's zero
1: which is insane you you would think that would be literally the biggest story ever in canada but it's not right because it would expose the insanity of our uh media establishment but so the article goes on. Perhaps equally as shocking were the the political forces that offered justifications for the christophobic attacks on various churches, such as uh, the country's so-called Catholic Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who stated he understood the anger against institutions like the Catholic Church while refusing to call the mass church attacks out for what they are, which are clearly acts of hate. The chaos continues. Um, Now let's turn to BC, uh, where you can legally shoot up an approved amount of heroin in front of school children at the park while kids play on the playground, thanks to the activist courts this is from the associated press the supreme court of canada uh, of The Canadian province, British Columbia, on Friday blocked new provincial laws against public consumption of illegal substances. The ruling imposed a temporary injunction until March 31st with the judge saying irreparable harm will be caused if the laws come into force. The Restricting Public Consumption of Illegal Substances Act was passed by the BC Provincial Legislature in November, allowing fines and imprisonment for people who refuse to comply with police orders not to consume drugs within 6 meters 20 feet of all building entrances and bus stops within 15 meters 49 feet of playgrounds, spray and wading pools, and skate parks, and in parks, beaches, and sports fields. So, there you go. The
0: harm that will be done, that according to the judge, what, what, what he failed to mention is the harm that will be done is harm to the Marxist-leftist agenda that's aimed at destroying Western culture. Yes. That agenda will be harmed if this law is continued yeah. to stand. They, he, didn't, he didn't flesh the rest Ir- of it out.
1: Irreparable damage yeah. to our a revolution, right? Because the issue is never the issue. The issue is the revolution. So they don't care about the people dying of overdose and mass numbers since this inane policy with no scientific backing yep. has been put forth. That's not a serious threat to human beings and human lives in BC. This bill, which is in response to the insane policy that BC's undertaken with the approval of our feds right we they had to get the approval of the federal government to even embark down this uh journey yeah that's that's the the harm yeah. not the overdoses yeah, so, not any of that stuff
0: so if you if you if 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 you remember the actual legislation the actual thing that was approved in British Columbia yes. was that they de-, de- decriminalized all <laughs> Drugs, yes, all illegal substances, so long as they were used in a certain amount, right? Under two grams. So as long mm-hmm. as under two grams, it's fair game. Above two grams, that's really bad. Now, BC, and we covered this as well on the show, to no one's surprise, saw a stark rise in overdoses. In fact, 2022 was a record high in the province's history for overdoses after They said, do whatever you want as long as it's under two grams. So not only are they making it fine to snort cocaine in front of schools, they are now wanting kids to actually join in on the fun as well. What do you mean by that? This is from the National Post. It's more chaos. Quote, in what constitutes a clear trampling of parental rights, British Columbia recently authorized the provision of safer supply fentanyl to youth across the province, regardless if parents are informed of or agree to this measure. The provincial government has provided limited access to safer supply fentanyl since at least 2020, primarily through small-scale pilot projects. However, last August, the BC Center on Substance Abuse or Substance Use, should be abuse, but they say substance use, an influential research organization, published protocols permitting doctors and nurses to prescribe safe fentanyl tablets to adults and minors. The organization confirmed to me in an email that it had been contracted by the province to produce these documents to, quote, further support clinicians prescribing safer supply across the province. So here's some safer fentanyl for your kids. Do we have to tell you? No. Do they need your permission? No, that's BC. That's BC. Here, kids, have some fentanyl. No, it's safer. And while you're doing the safer fentanyl, that weird old guy out in front of your school is snorting a line of Coke, and then his buddy is just across the street in front of the the playground shooting up two grams of heroin. That's British Columbia. Now, as much as that chaos is a British Columbia thing, things similar to that and the general sense of chaos really has overtaken Canada between three and a half, four years of COVIDism, between the cult of transientity and the climate cult and the general chaos that has ensued in our country. Is it any wonder then as true North news covered, not that long ago, the Canadians are fleeing the country in record numbers. So this is from true North news quote, while Canada may be experiencing record high population growth, there's an exodus of its citizens with emigration or reverse immigration surging this year. I'll note we just covered last week that when we look at the numbers from StatsCAN, 96% of our population growth is immigration. It's not natural, it's not it's not births within our own country. It's immigration. So the explosion that we're seeing is one, because of immigration. But two, also because people are living longer and they're staying older, it makes it appear as if our population is growing. But we're actually in what we're we are in store for a a a an off the cliff significant drop in our population just within the next twenty years. Once all these old boomers who are living longer than they did twenty years ago, thirty years ago, die, it's going to be pretty pretty amazing stuff very soon. So. Between reverse immigration or emigration in this year, we're seeing an exodus of the citizens. The article continues. The outflow of citizens in the last three months has only been higher three other times in the past century, according to data from StatsCan. More and more Canadian residents are leaving to go live in foreign countries, with emigration up 3% in the last quarter. In the last 73 years of data collection, only three other years have seen larger quarterly emigration numbers, 2016, 1967, and 1965. So I don't know what happened in 1965. I know 1967 was the last year the Leafs won the cup and maybe thought maybe people were like, oh, it'll never be this good again, and they left. I don't know, whatever, in 2016. So in 2016, a record-high exodus occurred and that trend has continued with higher than average emigration being normalized. Quarterly outflows from 2016 onward have been almost 50% higher than previously. Canada is currently on track to hitting 79% of the outflow recorded last year with 74,017 emigrants so far year to date. I can understand. Hmm. In light of what's going on, why people
1: are voting with their feet,
0: leaving in this this number. And it's interesting to note that of all the provinces that have experienced the most amount of loss, it's actually Ontario. Mm-hmm. People are getting out of, and BC as well, but people are getting out of Ontario. And they're either going to like Alberta or someplace in the mm-hmm. the the maritimes or they're just getting out of the country altogether. Yeah. together and i still talk to people who are talking about oh we're gonna go and start a business and maybe mm-hmm. it's time to leave like that sentiment hasn't yeah hasn't gone away no 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 years.
1: no doubt in 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 ontario it's probably a lot due to geography you guys are so close to to many big uh you cost know, too yeah cost yeah costs are like yeah, like the second you go over a board, the border in the United States of America, housing costs is like a tenth of the price. It's in some places it, you know, it's 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 truly crazy, right? Um and BC's the same way. Like BC and Ontario, no wonder people are leaving there because people literally cannot afford to live there. They cannot afford to live there, which is actually exasperating, you know, a lot of the healthcare crisis in those places as well because a bunch of these nurses though they have Artificially inflated wages, thanks to to unionism, their their the inflation of their wages is not outstripping the mass uh, insanity of the the price to live in these um these areas, Um, and that's the chaos. Once you abandon a Christian worldview and all the implications thereof, you end up in chaos. That is the reality of the situation. When you abandon one religion, you change that religion for another. That religion is then codified into laws. Those laws and that culture then determine the structure of a nation. And the chaos that we're seeing in our nation is directly the result of throwing off Christianity as the core cultural narrative in which we view all of life and even if we did that imperfectly, it's far better than what we're doing now. And the question that I want to leave people, we've gone long, it's been a long program, we've had a lot to catch up with with the last uh, being away for for so much time over the last few weeks Um, how are we going to change things as Canadians? Because right now we're seeing a bunch of polls that are saying oh hey we're going to throw out Justin Trudeau on his butt right by electing Pierre Polyev and his conservatives but realistically and this is a question I want to just leave with people what actual difference will the conservative make conservatives make to stem the chaos it's a big goose egg It's it's about the it's the same thing about the amount of Bodies found in in these supposed mass graves, it'll do zero. And this is a because I've talked about it on the uh, the program before. But William Garrardner makes this point in his really brilliant book, The Trouble with Canada, um, and the and the trouble with Canada still is is like more modern follow up. Um, he says you cannot have fiscal conservatism. Fiscal conservatism is not. A thi- like you can't be a conservative and only be fiscally conservative, is what he's saying. Because conservatism is based off the understanding of the subsidiarity, um, the sphere sovereignty of these these intermediary institutions are the font of all. Uh, culture, and all of politics. That politics, that's just way, way, way upstream of these more important things. Um, and the conservatives so-called in our nation are people who don't understand that. They're just trying to manage the chaos a little bit better than the Marxists, but they don't actually have what it takes to change the chaos by, by instead by throwing off the the socialist marxist narrative that is now the religious ground motive of our our nation in Canada if you don't want the chaos You have to return to Christ. That's the only thing that is going to do it. And the problem is none of these politicians can actually make the argument that they have to make to get at the religious ground motive that is leading to all this chaos and then reverse engineer us back to where we go, to cultural reformation um, like we need to. Pierre Polyev, he might have better fiscal understanding and he might Take away something like a carbon tax, but in the grand scheme of things, that is going to amount to nothing. He is a social modern liberal. You can't. You can't even the the term liberalism has been so bastardized that I mean, virtually yeah, means he, nothing.
0: Some of, some of his social views would make him. He he would be too he would be too extreme for the liberal party of forty years ago.
1: Oh, absolutely, is, and and is, and that's what we have to understand, right? Right, like liberalism is a like classical liberalism especially um, in its origins is is actually conservatism, right? The roots of conservatism and and the conservative movement are grounded in classically liberal, rightly understood, uh kind of uh philosophy not
0: politically not political liberalism no
1: well and and that's the thing so classical liberalism morphed into modern liberalism which is like the jfk's the lbj's of the worlds and then modern liberalism just is it's it's gone to seed in progressivism um and the liberals who are wearing the red they are Progressives, like, don't call themselves liberals. They have no, they, there's no analogy between classical liberalism and where they're at. Um, but not e- the conservatives aren't even, um, they're not. They're beyond what mo- even modern liberals would would consider uh, appropriate social positions, and that's why we have to seriously ask ourselves what would change if we replace Justin Trudeau with Pierre Polyev. You might get rid of a carbon tax. He might push back a little bit on on some of the dei nonsense i really doubt it because he's in his own cabinet um has his own shadow cabinet has a dei deputy minister um i we have to really think about this people and we have to really push for a change in our nation and it's not going to come by just picking on on the the like little card that they give us of two choices conservatives and liberals so called um if you stay within that binary you're never going to actually have the necessary cultural reformation that we need in our nation it's Christ or chaos we need to preach that boldly and we need to believe and vote for people who are committed to the classical liberal principles that came out of a millennia of christian um, religion influencing culture that's what we have to return to virtuous I want, liberty I
0: want to, I want to offer i want to offer a suggestion and an encouragement and another c in the alliteration right so we've we've talked about covid madness well christianity we've could talked about, We've talked about covid madness We've talked about the cults of transientity and the climate mm. cult, the general chaos in Canada. So the answer to this, I think, is Christian culture building and Christian evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um Pastor Aaron Rock this last Sunday for Biblical Sexuality Sunday preached an absolute monster of a sermon, by the way. I would I would highly recommend everyone go to harvestwindsor.ca and listen to his sermon. It was maybe one of the one of the strongest sermons. I've ever heard. It was fantastic. Toward the end of his sermon, he said that you are, you are unconscious of lights on in a house or lights on in a church while they're on, unless it's completely black and then someone has a single flashlight. And his point was that when we're surrounded by lights, we're not consciously aware of the lights, we take it for granted. But once you kill all the lights and then you have a single light flashing, now all of a sudden you are hyper aware and focused on that light it becomes very apparent. And his his illustration and application was, as we've clearly seen in our episode today, is that Canada is in a very dark place. A very, very dark place. Morally, spiritually, economically, in terms of health, socially. Canada is in a dark spot. And it's understandable, as True North has shown us, that you have this mass exodus of Canadians to other countries. But I want to say that we've been presented with an incredible opportunity. In fact, the Lord has given us a gift despite the relative faithlessness of the church in Canada over the last 50 years, which is an opportunity to shine as bright lights in a country that's as dark as it's ever been. And so here we are, we are the light of the world. And what we shouldn't do is we shouldn't snuff it out, put a basket over it, or throw it into another house. We're in this house that is Canada, and we are lights that are shining into the darkness so that people can see and move around and find their way. And so the Lord has given us an incredible opportunity to shine his lights. And if you doubt that, just think about what we've seen in many of the churches that were faithful and continue to be faithful in the midst of the darkness. Not only are they growing numerically, but the actual spiritual strength of their people in the building of new institutions, in being able to weather the cultural storms that will come our way, the actual blessing that we've seen of people saying, hey, we need more and bigger families. We actually need to be more committed to being localized and being grounded in a solid church. These are all blessings, and those who've been faithful, those who've continued to shine as lights in the darkness, have seen the fruit of their obedience. So the Lord has given you an opportunity, fellow Canadian, To shine as a bright light in a Canada that's the darkest that it has ever been in the history of our country. So what will you do? Will you put a basket over the light? God forbid. Will you take the light and snuff it out? God forbid. Will you take the candle and throw it out into another house? God forbid you do those things. Rather, shine as bright lights. Be committed to Christian culture building. Mm -hmm. Christian evangelism. People are hurting more than ever. We see people aware of a spiritual reality because of the evil that has been unmasked. Mm -hmm. God's given us an opportunity for evangelism. Unlike ever before, where the ground is ready more than it's ever been to receive the seed of the good news. So Mm -hmm. be like that sower that spreads the seed of the good news to anyone who would hear trust the Lord to bear fruit, commit to your church, build strong institutions, build a strong Christian culture. So, peter i'll close with this um when peter writes uh um sorry not not peter this is uh this is paul in philippians 2 mm-hmm. when he says to them you know have this mind of christ which is available to you who jesus though he was in the form of god didn't count equality with god a thing to be grasped but he emptied himself taking on the form of a servant and be, being found in human likeness he was mm-hmm. obedient even to the point of death So God exalts him and gives him the name above every other name. So the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then Paul says this. So, you know, continue, continue to obey more in my absence than when I was there. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you both to will into work according to his good pleasure. And then he says this bit. Do everything without grumbling or complaining one another among believers. But shine as lights in the universe as you hold out the word of life in a crooked and depraved generation so that on the day of the Lord, I might be able to say I didn't run or labor in vain.
1: And Mm -hmm. What the Apostle
0: Paul is saying here is we shine as lights in a broken, crooked, dark, dying, desperate world. And we hold out the word of light, which is the gospel. And we do so so that the Lord would save his people, so that those faithful men and women before us who have given us the glory of the gospel can say with the Apostle Paul, it was not for nothing. And this is my hope, and this should be your hope, that someday we will die, we will stand before the King, and we could look at the church that we've handed to our kids and our grandchildren as we say Mm -hmm. to them, shine like a star in the world, hold out the word of life, so that I can say someday... When I'm hopefully older, it was not in vain. Yeah, Fighting, Amen. shining as a light was not in vain. I, I pray the Lord would grant you that same spirit.
1: Yeah, praise God. Well said, brother. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We know it was a long one. We have lots of catching up to do. We hope you appreciated it and we hope you would share it with people. Give it a thumbs up, a like, uh, share it around. That's how we get our content out to more and more people and we can keep creating awesome content for you to enjoy. Until next time, Galatians five one.
0: Liberty Dispatch has been brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week and has been produced by SDG Media. You can find all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com.